most trusted voice in professional wrestling. Look at this! More than four decades behind the mic. Plain and simple. With unrivaled success in broadcasting. From ringside to the boardroom, to the New York Times bestsellers list. What an impact! Keen insight with a sharp tongue. And if they're smart, they'll listen. Westwood One Podcast Network presents... The Jim Ross Report with WWE Hall of Famer Jim Ross and now the man himself, good old JR. Well, thank you very much and hello again, everybody. Hope you're having a great day or night, wherever the case may be. Uh, I am good old JR Jim Ross. Thank you so much for joining me. As usual, your business is appreciated and business today is about to pick up because today I'm conversing with one of the most uh, popular television personalities that WWE has uh, been associated with in a long time as far as an on-air personality is concerned, and that is the birthday girl herself, Renee Young. I'll be talking to Renee about uh, her new experience as uh, the third voice on Monday Night Raw and the pay-per-views and things of that nature, so she's uh, got a lot to talk about. And I've got a lot of questions to ask her, and thank you guys for submitting your questions. You know, you can always do that here on any topic or any suggestions at thejimrossreport at gmail.com. But with that said, and with fish to fry, we'd be burning daylight, ladies and gentlemen. Here's what's on my mind. Been leading off by what's on my mind, a little book update. Paul O'Brien and I are, are doing our weekly meetings now via the telephone, Norman to Ireland. Uh, and uh, we have get, been getting a lot done, as a matter of fact. It's a weekly call notwithstanding the amount of emails and text messages and all sorts of communication that we have we have started and continue to build upon a system that worked for us on Slobberknocker, we think it will work for us uh, equally as well on what will probably be a much more dramatic, eye-opening, uh, moving book uh, than some of the uh, sophomore stuff that we had on Slobberknocker 1, even though when you talk about wrestling or wrestling, you can't leave out uh, the foolishness. It's just the way it goes. Everybody is the eternal sophomore with very fragile egos. So uh, we're, we're working on it, folks. We hope the target date is still the holidays of 2019. That's our goal. I want to congratulate uh, Ric Flair and Wendy. You know, I was confused. I read, first of all, somebody online had Rick and Wendy got married, which I think would be number five for the Nate. Uh, and, you know, here I ain't, I got three, so I'm not complaining or making fun of that. Uh, but then somebody said, I think maybe Dave Meltzer had it, that they had a commitment ceremony, which upon further review, I'm Jim Tunney now, uh, that I, you know, that they uh, had a commitment ceremony. I don't know what that means exactly. I guess I've had trouble with commitments in my lifetime at times. But nonetheless, uh, a lot of dignitaries and wrestling folks were there. Uh, and uh, we wish uh, Rick and Wendy the best. Wendy has saved Rick's life, for those of you that may not know. Uh, Wendy has been a godsend for Nate. I've never been around him where he has been so happy and even positive when things were not looking good. She was there every minute, every day. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a wonderful thing for a man to have a, another have a woman in his life like that. So uh, congratulations, kids. Uh, onward and upward. Enjoy every day as you have been. 
I saw one picture online. It was kind of funny. I can't remember what color Michael Hayes was wearing, what, what flavor. I don't know if it was lemon or orange or, you know, rutabaga. Hell, I don't know what color it was. But he had that, that ugly-ass fanny pack. Now, look, I'm not going to knock anybody for wearing a fanny pack if that's what you want to do. But at least re- repurpose them every now and then. You know, maybe a new one or maybe even a Louis Vuitton or something. Something kind of cool. Just saying, Michael. Uh, WWE announced uh, the name of their November 2nd Saudi Arabia event. Lord knows if you've been watching TV, you hear a lot, you've heard a lot about a lot of events. The crown jewel is fitting. Makes sense. Because the prince of that part of the world, the Saudi Arabia, is uh, a major WWE fan, as many of you have already known. And so uh, there'll be a big triple threat match there in uh, Saudi Arabia November the 2nd uh, between Lesnar, Strowman, and Roman. Roman Reigns, the champ. And you could only imagine the money Lesnar's getting for having a pro wrestling match uh, halfway around the world, if not more, uh, that close to what is perceived to be his first USC fight in late January or, or, or February. It's interesting how it's all going to play out. Maybe somebody knows more about that night. I'm sure you do. But uh, interesting of that cooperation and the stroke that Lesnar has with both his uh, vendors, shall we say. I saw, speaking of MMA, a rumor that Chris Cyborg wants to take on Ronda Rousey. What female doesn't uh, miss Cyborg, by the way? I'm, I'm an advocate of her training. I'm an advocate of her going to Orlando and training uh, with every, all the other prospects because that's what she is. She's a highly regarded prospect because she has a name, a look, a reputation, that's already pre-built. So if her, she can develop her skill set in the art of, uh, of sports entertainment, uh, she should be money. And a great threat for any quote-unquote babyface or a great uh, adversary for any villain. She's, she's a made man, no pun intended, a made woman. And uh, I'd like to see uh, her and Rousey too at some point in time, but only when the skill set's are compatible. And I, I don't want to go into all the things I've been reading about. Well, Rhonda doesn't deserve this. Oh, my God. I'd love to do, have a biography of the people that are saying that. She doesn't deserve her opportunity. She doesn't deserve her push. Uh, they've heard their word push thrown around so much, they actually believe they know what it means. And secondly, uh, what criteria are we judging who deserves what on? And what of your experience and education and knowledge are you basing your opinion on? If it's just opinion, just in my two cents, have at it, baby. But if it's going to become gospel, uh, you're, you're not farting through silk anymore. It doesn't make sense. I really enjoyed watching the uh, WWE Network special, 20 Years of Hell, uh, chronicling uh, the Undertaker-Mick Foley Hell in a Cell match in Pittsburgh 20 years ago, uh, and... Just uh, really thought it was well done by everybody involved. Nita Strauss did a phenomenal job playing Mick on. Boy, she's hot. Not just as a, as a performer. She's a good-looking woman and very, very talented. And so she added an element to that show that could not be replaced or, or, sub, or substituted by anybody else. It was wonderful. Uh, I thought Jeremy Borash kicked ass. Uh, JB's really professional. He's, he's probably the best MC we've had, or at least right there with anybody I can recall off the top of my head on our shows. So uh, good job. I feel blessed that Mick did not leave me out of the narrative. Uh, I thought that his uh, comments were honest. 
and uh, I just I believe in Mick Foley. I've believed in Mick Foley since day one. So congratulations, Mick. Congratulations, WWE, and everybody involved on in a hell of a show. If you get a chance to catch it, don't miss 20 Years of Hell on the WWE Network. A little news on the CM Punk front. I uh, saw that he just uh, finished uh, filming a movie where he has a lead role, I'm assuming an indie film. Uh, nothing wrong with that, by the way. I'll take that indie work. And uh, he is uh, you know, going to be in a horror movie called uh, Girl on the Third Floor. So uh, we wish him well on that. And I think it speaks to the point that people keep saying, well, he deserves or we deserve him to come back. Think about that sentence. We deserve for you to come back. Because, why? Because you owe it to us. Really? Wow. Funny value system we have sometimes, folks, in this world, right? But uh, good luck to him. I think his wrestling days are done. If he ever wrestles again professionally uh, in, a, in a WWE, Ring of Honor, New Japan, whatever, whatever, fill in the blank, it don't matter, I don't think it's going to happen. And I don't have a problem with that. He's not no spring chicken. He's had lots of injuries. He's happy, which is the underscore of the underscore. He's happy, from what I understand. And if that is the case, so be it. Don't knock another man's happiness. Hey, by the way, uh, a lot of my friends and folks that you guys support, uh, wrestling world folks, are throughout the Carolinas, Virginia. Uh, we know you know Matt Hardy, who's soon going to retire, become a uh, backstage WWE producer. I guess that's what we're hearing. And he'll do a great job at that, too. Student of the game. Uh, Hurricane Helms, uh, his lovely wife, they live in North Carolina. And we wish them well. I think they're they're doing pretty good. But if you want to help out, uh, go to redcross.org. They could use your help uh, in, in a various and sundry ways. And not you got to break the bank. Anything helps at redcross.org because uh, Florence kicks some ass. It just goes to show you, Mother Nature, don't do any jobs. A lot of big things are on the horizon for yours truly, including uh, the Chris Jericho cruise, only a few weeks away, by the way, uh, October 27th through the 31st, and uh, we're going to be traveling from Miami to the Bahamas. And uh, I understand, you know, we had this statement here a few weeks ago, two weeks ago, I think, they had less than 100 cabinets remaining. Now they're down to maybe 50, I hear, something like that. So they're selling fast. It's probably going to sell out. So if you're interested in, in checking out the cruise and joining all these stars and some great matches, there may be some of the most unsung best matches that we will see this year on that cruise. And I'm not BSing you. So just go to ChrisJerichoCruise.com. I'm looking forward to it. Working with Jerry Lawler. We'll have some Q&As. We'll have some, it's some fun, no doubt about it. I know my buddy Dave LaGreca from uh, Busted Open Radio is going to be there. So that'll always be a good time. And, uh, so it's just, if you're a fan of any, of any promotion, uh, it's, we're all wrestling fans here. It's not a pissing contest. Everybody can, you know, take a fart on somebody's promotion. It's to build wrestling and have fun with each other. So I think you're going to do that. Check out ChrisJerichoCruise.com and join us there on that. I'm also going to be in uh, Winston-Salem for the first time at WrestleCade. Big event, arguably the biggest three-day, uh, one of the biggest three-day uh, uh conventions for lack of a better term uh in the wrestling business uh, that's gonna be on saturday november 24th the king and i'll be there together a uh, great photo op for you guys you know uh 
you hope there's many more opportunities, but we have to be realistic about life in general. Our tomorrows, as you heard me say, are not guaranteed. You never know when you're going to, something's going to change drastically in your life. So every chance I get a chance to sit down with Jerry Lawler and uh, take pictures with the fans, uh, I jump at it. And that's what we're going to do there on November 24th at Winston-Salem. We'll be there from 10 in the morning to 3 in the afternoon, and we're going to be supporting Headlock on Hunger. Uh, I'm a national chairman of that charity. I believe in it wholeheartedly. Uh, Bill Murdoch in Asheville and all the great people he works with, uh, the folks at Arby's, uh, folks at Ingalls Grocery, Ingalls Markets, I should say, uh, so many more that are – helping feed hungry children because we find out that 25% of American kids do not eat when they're not in school, at least eat regularly. And, uh, you know, they, as Bill says so many times, nothing else matters when you're hungry. Headlockonhunger.org. MLW is going to be returning to Queens at the Melrose Ballroom on Thursday, October the 4th. And uh, they were there in July at a very successful event. Court Bauer and his uh, crew, we wish them well. Much success. And uh, tickets are on sale for that event at MLW.com. And they're also headed to Chicago on uh, uh, Thursday, November the 8th. And tickets for that event are just uh, going on sale right now here. The uh, Impact Wrestling had a successful uh, taping in, uh, in Mexico City. Apparently, they also had a successful meeting in uh, Stanford with uh, WWE this week. Don't know what it's about. Some people speculate it's about you know, selling their library. Uh, unless they really are needing the, the cash inflow, I, I find it challenging to believe that they, would, they meaning Impact, would sell their, their tape library. So that's tangible. That's real. It can be repurposed, repackaged in a variety of ways. And remember, folks, content is king. So I would think that uh, there's another agenda afloat. Don't know what it is could be uh, interesting though but if it helps the business i'm all for it no doubt about that and let's check out now the weekend events uh, i i set through my home you know i got this new tv and uh outdoor kitchen patio area grill sink refrigerator i kind of splurge and, and uh well, for myself i guess but my family loves it my friends love it and uh we had some i had some buddies over this week uh this last past week to watch the ou iowa state game which was a little too close for comfort for me. Sooners won by 10. Spread was 19 and a half. You get the story. So, uh, but nonetheless, uh, hell in a cell. Uh, I enjoyed the broadcast on Sunday. Uh, I thought the controversial finish, and it was controversial, uh, the hell in a cell main event, uh, it did not adversely affect my overall opinion of the three hours and change that I invested of my life in that TV show. The main event finish did take the focus off of both Reigns and Strowman, which seemingly was the goal. If that was the goal, then they succeeded. Now, that finish is not what I would have done uh, with the luxury, as you do, of looking at it in hindsight. A lot of bodies, the Wild West was there, on the cage, off the cage, side of the cage. Uh, It became that stunt show at the end. And I don't know, it, it, it confused me a little bit. But when you book a match like that, you know, you got to come up, I think, when you book it, how, how would you book a match and not have a viable finish in mind? And I'm sorry, just for my taste, and again, with the benefit of hindsight, I didn't foresee that that finish was uh, was what was needed. Just me. So, uh, But I do know that uh, the issue of 
the, t- the title is still open. There's still a story there. And new players are at float. And who can trust who? There's a lot of things that can be made of this scenario. But you can't. there's no honor among thieves. So that may stand big for McIntyre or some of these other dudes somewhere down the road. Let's remember that. Uh, so anyway, I, I just didn't – it didn't turn me off of the whole show, is what I'm saying. And a lot of people didn't like it. I know a lot of you didn't like it. Uh, I love Joe and AJ. I love the creative finish that they had. It logically, key word, logically, non-eye-rolling keeps their ongoing story alive. That's good booking. I thought that Becky Lynch and Charlotte was all that I expected it to be. Uh, it's the most personal issue in WWE in a long time. So bravo to both ladies and everybody involved in the in producing uh, their business. Ronda Rousey versus Alexa Bliss was fun to watch. I thought Bliss uh, proved once again that she is arguably the best villain of any gender in WWE at this time. She's a natural, and she is certainly uh, as valuable as any female for many reasons on the roster, as valuable as any female there. Uh, and someday we're going to open our eyes more, those that haven't, and say she's one hell of a hand. She really is. And finally, on the Hell in a Cell, I, I did not hate the Red Cell, as some of you did. And I still can't exactly uh, figure out why uh, you had that uh, particular emotion. It's a prop. It's a red cage. Do you just not like red? I don't know. Your opinion, so be it. Monday Night Raw, I thought The Undertaker's promo was a highlight for me of the night. It continues to be a strong build for WWE toward their Australian event coming up in October, which, by the way, is the same weekend that my Sooners play Texas in the Cotton Bowl. Just saying. Leo Rush, folks, is a keeper. If this kid is marketed aggressively and with a long-term plan, he can be and should be a big-timer. Charisma, athletic ability, he's unique, he looks unique. Uh, Nice move by WWE in finding a spot, a place on the roster for a player. And this kid, I think, is a player. And he's, you know, he started out there, I think, in Maryland Championship Wrestling with Danny McDivitt and his great crew. Hey, I'm telling you, man, a lot of good things happening at NCW there in, uh, in Maryland. They, they got a good thing going. And they, and they teach kids right. Good fundamentals. The Drew McIntyre build is, uh, is reassuring that WWE is going to continue to promote Drew uh, to the top of the roster, which I think is inevitable. We had him on the show several weeks ago. If you heard it uh, then, you know what I'm talking about. If you haven't heard it, go back and find it and listen to it. Uh, it's a, it's a, it's just inevitable to me. He's, he may be the next guy. We, I know we're all focused on uh, the, the, the the normal players, you know, the Shield guys, and including Reigns and Strowman, uh, all these all these dudes. Now Ziggler, McIntyre, and the whole when all the smoke clears. Maybe McIntyre's the biggest player of the group to come out of that. I ain't betting against this kid. And I can see him doing it. Can you imagine getting him really red hot, WWE champion, or going for the title and doing it in uh, a stadium in Scotland? Man, old Kenny McIntosh would have a field day on that one, wouldn't he? He'd be promoting all kinds of meet and greets. Uh, and not a bad idea, by the way. 
one thing I think WWE might want to be more aware of is the number of run-ins seemingly on most broadcasts and the volume of information, underscored the word volume of information, that they are distributing on their broadcast. It's challenging folks in today's world, especially for busy adult fans, to retain most or all of the info that's being thrown at them. Just saying. Maybe information overload at times. Uh, I watched SmackDown out of my old hometown of Tulsa, where I started my wrestling career for Leroy McGurk and Cowboy Bill Watts in 1974. I thought the uh, Becky Charlotte creator was spot on. You know, the question is, is WWE swimming upstream as it relates to attempting to motivate fans to boo Becky? If that's the goal now, then let it happen organically and make sure the audience isn't being quote-unquote force-fed. Not good. By the way, wrestling promotions, not just WWE by any stretch, I see a lot of them, virtually all of them uh, figure that if, if once is good, then twice is even better. Not always. Meaning that some wrestling promotions are force-feeding their fans, and that is a significant development in today's pro wrestling landscape. You know, I just, I just uh, believe that things need to happen organically because fans today are much more attuned to what's going on. They have more of a insider uh, education to some degree, some good, some bad, but they got some information, and they strive for more information. So it's not a naive, uh, gullible audience, and so you should book with that in mind, don't you think? As I said, the best told, most personal feeling story currently being told in WWE, uh, and by the way, Joe and AJ right there with them is Charlotte and uh, and Becky. They they I believe that they believe what they're saying, and I haven't heard any promos, any verbiage that made me think, oh geez, now we're back and really back in the old pro wrestling game where all these these comments are so these exclamatory comments are so over the top i can't believe them you disconnected me and now i don't care not the case with that and samoa joe and aj another one that's really high up there on the uh personal issue scale and by the way joe's a beast he's a he's a he's a damn beast and he's the perfect rival for aj styles who i still think is as good a one-on-one wrestler as there is in the biz right now. And finally, it's great to see Asuka back. She's another big-time player in my view. I do think she needs to create a jump start to get back on the roll. Key thing, to get back on the roll she was once on. Hey, somewhere down the road, if it's built correctly and not thrown together in a couple months, I would love to see Asuka, hot Asuka, on a roll Asuka, Babyface Oscar against Becky Lynch for the title. I think it would be a fun story to follow down the road because both talents are extremely gifted. They're both physical. They're both believable. I like that. And that, ladies and gentlemen, is what's on my mind. Hey, folks, remember that uh, if you're an Amazon Alexa user, that you can uh, enable the uh, Jim Ross show by first enable the skill by saying, Alexa, enable the Jim Ross report skill. And then, it's real simple. Simply say, Alexa, play the Jim Ross report. I love those words. 
And by the way, same sort of business on uh, Google Home. Okay, Google, talk to Jim Ross Report. Okay, Google, speak to the Jim Ross Report. You get the message. You understand the drift. Uh, take advantage of that if you choose. Slobber Knocker of the Week. One of my favorite things in this show is uh, Slobber Knocker of the Week because it's good news. It's, it's good stuff. Uh, and I have fun with the Pet Coon Goofy Award, but that's more tongue-in-cheek. But this is good stuff, I think. Uh, certainly, I think that a guy that goes without saying should get some recognition of Slobber Knocker of the Week is uh, the quarterback of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Ryan Fitzpatrick. He looks like Conor McGregor. Uh, but he's playing unconscious football right now for the Bucks, making the Bucks a contender. Or was Jameis Winston the regular quarterback on suspension? Hey, look, if Jameis Winston doesn't have a major change in his character and proves that, uh, and then I don't know that he's ever going to be the Tampa Bay guy. I, he should be. He's a Floridian, played at Florida State. There's no reason he shouldn't be uh, a, 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 the guy. It fits, right? Good booking. But it's all about his character and his, uh, how, he, how he conducts his life and the decisions he's making. My God, you know, if a guy can't make if – if you're so stupid, you're going to make bad personal decisions that's going to get you suspended, how are you going to make good decisions automatically on the, on the damn field? Third and eight, what kind of decision are you going to make? But Ryan Fitzpatrick's done a great job there. As I said, he looks a little bit like Conor McGregor. I thought it was funny when he, he wore some of one of his teammates' uh, more uh, you know cool gear at the post-game press conference the other day. Uh, hey, the dude's a Harvard grad. He's having fun with it. The only thing he's done now, remember this, Ryan Fitzpatrick was largely off the radar and was just simply going to come in and try to not embarrass the offense, so to speak, in their quarterback Winston's absence. Stay off the radar. No expectations. Well, now there's amazing expectations. He's had consecutive 400-yard games, four touchdown games. There's, a, there's huge expectations now. And now uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick, with his Harvard degree, has put himself on the radar. But I'm proud of his efforts and how he's leading his team. And uh, so he's, a, he's a, certainly a candidate for this award this week. And that brings us to Pat Mahomes, the young Kansas City Chief quarterback who played at Texas Tech in the Big 12 Conference. Saw him play uh, multiple times against the Sooners. Uh, hey, this cat is, he is unconscious. Uh, he, uh, he took the Steelers to the woodshed, which is another story in itself. But uh, in uh, two games, he's got uh, 10 touchdowns, no picks. I can almost guarantee you if I was in Vegas, I'd bet the, uh, the, some prop bet that Mahomes gets a pick this weekend. He's due, right? But boy's hot. And uh, Andy Reid shows uh, he was a uh, not only a John Gabork lookalike, but he also is uh, smart because he traded off a Pro Bowl quarterback to put the ball in the hands of a young green kid. Good move, Big Andy. Uh, certainly, uh, I'm missing the cheat, the Steelers. They're not getting Slobberknock of the Week. They might get Pet Coon Goofy Award or something, some semblance, but I'm worried about my, my dear departed wife, Steelers. Certainly want to recognize this as a Slobber Knock of the Week candidate and, and very, very well deserving, Henry Winkler, the Fonz. Uh, he won an outstanding supporting actor in a comedy series, an Emmy, uh, Barry, which is on HBO. Uh, his first win in a storied 42-year career. 
So old Henry's been getting booked for 42 years, folks, largely working on top some, in the middle of cards some, but he kept working. It's like Dusty Rhodes told me one time, kid, you can't turn your jethy in or you won't be on the team. I said, dream that makes, that's very prophetic. What's that mean? Well, I don't, I'm not sure what you mean, but I know that you, if you don't, if you don't have a Jersey, you can't be on the team. Got it. Henry's kept his Jersey all these years. He wins an Emmy and I'm, I'm proud of the old dudes, man. What is he? 72 or something. That's old to me. Well, not that old. Uh, Becky Lynch. I mentioned her former guest on this program. She'll be back again. No doubt. Uh, had a, had a great weekend, some strong work. But remember, these kids don't do it a cappella. They got help. They got dance partners. But she's certainly there. But the Slavin Rock of the Week is going to uh, r- really the all the first responders in the Carolinas and throughout that region that are being hammered and woodshedded by uh, old Florence, and uh, especially a guy named Tony Alsop. He's a trucker from Greenback, Tennessee. He drove a school bus, one of those yellow school buses, from uh, Greenback, Tennessee, to South Carolina to help evacuate 53 dogs and 11 cats that were left behind by their owners. The damned owners should be highly embarrassed and maybe should be whipped like a government mule. So Tony Alsop and all the first responders, rescue workers, assisting in the Tropical Depression, Florence, in Virginia, Carolinas, you are our slobber knocker of the week. Apparently they have a pet raccoon that got into their mess. Son of a bitch! Hey, for those of you that are interested in our condiments, our barbecue sauces, chipotle ketchup, jalapeno honey mustard, beef jerky, and the wonderful, unbeatable, all-purpose seasoning, uh, you can get that at wweshop.com, and that's going to be... Uh, They've been doing a great job of, for years of selling our products. Uh, we value their business, as anybody should and would. So that's www.shop.com. They'll take care of you. They'll get your orders uh, out very uh, professionally packed quickly from uh, their warehouse to your home. And, you know, we're still working with uh, Steve McKenzie. He's got a birthday coming up very soon, as a matter of fact. I think either this week or next. Happy birthday, Steve. Uh, I met Steve in uh, Glasgow. Raphael Morphy and I did, and uh, we're trying to see if we can't get Steve's company to distribute all of our products, and uh, we're working on that. They have the samples. We're just dotting the I's and crossing the T's. For uh, that'll be uh, at uh, Crafty Connoisseur. You can follow them on uh, on Twitter, by the way, uh, at Crafty Taste, and then Steve's Twitter is at Crafty Steve. How creative! So keep in mind uh, those that information. And uh, more stores are hopefully going to be carrying our products soon. We're, we're working on it. I'll tell you, I, I'm serious about this, and I'm kind of jesting, but the meaning is true. Getting on grocery store shelves in America, North America, is like uh, trying to be uh, – it's like trying to survive in a mafia community, but you're not a member of the mafia. It ain't easy. That's what we're finding. But in any event, that leads right in perfectly. What a segue. I'm a segue artist. The Pet Coon Goofy. There's a lot of candidates this week, folks, for Pet Coon Goofy. I mean, my dad told me about a friend of mine. He kind of screwed up, and I don't know what happened. He drank too much or wrecked his dad's truck or something. 
my dad said, uh, the dumb ass starts biting him with the ankles and goes right up his ass. <laughs> my dad had a way words, didn't he? Uh, so, Pet Coon Goofy, folks. First of all, Michael Thompson is the father of UCLA starting quarterback Dorian Thompson Robinson. And uh, Mr. Thompson criticized Chip Kelly in a series of tweets. Here we go. Tweets get you in trouble. Writing that the Bruins football coach is a million-dollar coach who bears no responsibility for the team's 0-3 start. Here's the deal, folks. Uh, I know that Mr. Thompson is, loves his son. I'm sure he believes in what he said, but you didn't do your son any favors. Ain't no sense drawing that kind of attention to the situation. Not the, not the forum for that, Mr. Thompson, in my opinion. I saw where former Steelers PR staff member Ryan Scarpino uh, had an interesting tweet uh, about uh, Antonio Brown, who's becoming an embarrassment, along with Le'Veon Bell. My Steelers dynasty is crumbling a little bitty pebble at a time here, and I don't like it because I know how my wife would have felt. God bless her. She was a Steelers fan in and out, through and through. But this dude worked for the Steelers in 2010 to 2017. He said, A.B., speaking of Antonio Brown, needs to thank his lucky stars because A.B. was drafted by a team that had Big Ben. And Ben got A.B. paid. Bottom line. As Stone Cold Steve Austin would say. You know, darn well he couldn't put up those numbers for any other teams. I, I, I'm talking about the, I was thinking they're talking about the pass-catching numbers because Big Ben has made sure that this dude gets the ball as much as he can handle it. Apparently not last week when he had a pissing contest with his coach on national television. Classless, irresponsible, and childish. Antonio Brown's got to be a better human being than that. I, he's got a great game. But, boy, something's percolating that ain't good in in, in Steelerland. You can't have your two-year stars uh, raising hell here and not even, you know, A.B. don't come to practice Monday. Uh, the other dude, Le'Veon Bell, has not showed up yet. Not good. Something's got to be fixed there in Pittsburgh. And uh, I'm wondering how long uh, Tomlin, the coach, the head coach, is going to be there. I don't think the Steelers – and their philosophy would ever replace a coach in season. But I can see the possibility of, of uh, Coach Mike Tomlin not being with the Steelers after the season is concluded. Now, here's a little spoiler alert. You know, old Roseanne, she's a dandy, ain't she? She's filled the beans, folks, in a YouTube interview this week on how her TV character will be written off or killed off of the new ABC Roseanne spinoff, The Connors. I, I love that concept. I'm gonna. You knew that something happened that she's going to be eradicated from the script forever. There ain't no return here. This ain't like a wrestler retirement. Roseanne's done on her own show. But uh, you know, she said that uh, her iconic character would be killed off. We all understood that, and now we find out it's an opioid overdose, which continues to say the message and and help understand, people understand the opioid epidemic in our country and other countries. It's serious as hell. But in any event, that's a spoiler alert from Roseanne, uh, who uh, is no longer the star of her own concept. Funny how that works. And finally, the Pet Coon Goofy Award goes to the Buffalo Bills cornerback, Vontae Davis. Old Vontae said he just had enough. I've had all I can take, and I can't take it anymore. 
enough is enough. And Vontae at halftime retired. Yeah, at halftime. Gave him progress. And that was in Buffalo, so he didn't have far to drive. He could drive himself home. But he's done for now. Do you think he's really done? Hmm. I might want to take a little flyer on that one. But Vontae, bad timing. And for that, sir, you are pet coon goofy. Because you are one lousy son of a bitch. Oh, no, I just had a body experience. Well, it's time for this week in wrestling, ladies and gents. And uh, we're going to start with uh, taking you back to 38 years ago. September 22nd, 1980. Madison Square Garden, New York City. Seven plus years before their historic WrestleMania 3 match, Andre the Giant pins Hulk Hogan, managed by Freddie Blassie, in front of a sold-out 20,000 fans in the garden. I had no idea who that was. You might give me a tip at, at JRSBBQ. I don't have a clue. I just thought that. I think I was trying to be Walter Winchell there for a second, and I kind of lost it. Then I know some young guys. Who the hell is Walter Winchell? What's that old basher talking about now? 19 years ago, September 20th, 1999, it was Monday Night Raw in Houston, Texas. I was there. And uh, it was quite the night because that was the night, folks, that the Rock and Sock Connection, the great one, the Rock, and Mrs. Foley's baby boy defeated the corporate ministry's champions. And what handsome champions they were. The Big Show, Viscera, and Midian. In a handicap match, they won the WWE Tag Titles. Rock and Sock were so entertaining. Great natural chemistry, and they both had the gift of being uh, spontaneous and loved the extemporaneous challenge of doing their promos. So they didn't sound like they were just reciting lines from memory. They were creating those, those lines in their head as they delivered them, and uh, it sounded real. It sounded like they meant what they said, much like I mentioned earlier about uh, Becky and uh, and Charlotte. I believe what those two ladies are telling me. That's a big night in Houston. 18 years ago in Philadelphia, Unforgiven 2000, uh, the Hardy Boys defeated Edge and Christian to capture the WWF since getting the F out tag team titles in a two-on-two steel cage match. Not for the weak at heart. I just wish those damn cage matches did not have escape as one of the ways to win. Illogical. And if you can't book a match where anybody can win or anybody can lose on a given night, uh, then what are we doing? Come on now. But it was a great match, as I recall, and they had a bunch of them. 18 years ago on uh, Nitro in Long, Long Island, uh, it was, uh, listen to this, uh, Nassau Coliseum, Vince Russo defeated Booker T, WWE Hall of Famer eventually, and well-deserving, in a steel cage match to become the WCW World Heavyweight Champion 18 years ago. And I can tell you, folks, after that, uh, the locker room chatter was uh, profound, but I always say, it's fiction, and there's no business like show business. 17 years ago in Pittsburgh, man, this is an emotional night. How many of you remember this? 2001, 
It was the night that Kurt Angle, the hometown boy, the Olympian, he of large neck, defeated Stone Cold Steve Austin to capture the WWF heavyweight title. And man, what a celebration. Every angle and every cousin and everybody was there. It was great. Real. Organic. Kind of get the theme here? Real. Felt real. Looked real. Good stuff. And finally, and God, what a way to end this, uh, this week in wrestling. I don't know if Raphael and Ted did this to embarrass me again, but nonetheless, 15 years ago, long after my athletic prime, ladies and gentlemen, unforgiven pay-per-view Hershey, Pennsylvania, where I once did an interview in a pit of hog shit in a hog slot match involving Triple H and, and uh, Henry Godwin, two good dudes. We were in Hershey, PA, and we were Al Snow and the coach defeated. I know it's hard to believe. They defeated Jerry the King Lawler and me. And, yes, it was a tag team match. And, yes, it was reminiscent of a cow on ice, somewhat awkward and clumsy on my part. You got two guys in there that absolutely were untrained. Coach, a good athlete, no doubt about that, but I don't know what the hell I was even doing there other than dropping the fall. But nonetheless, well, we set wrestling back a few generations there. I apologize to those of you that have still have visions of that encounter in that tag team match. But we did get a pay-per-view payoff. That was always appreciated in my household. In my one loss record, I quit worrying about that a long time ago. I think it might be kind of like the Browns at times, Cleveland Browns. Hey, until you can change it, until you can make it better, so what? But uh, we had fun. Had a good time. And by the way, later that evening, business did pick up. We took some of the bad taste out of their mouth because we saw Goldberg defeat Triple H to capture the world heavyweight title. Big night in uh, Hershey. And uh, that will take us right into our birthdays. Uh, you know, we, we're going to be talking to Renee Young here in a few minutes. Today is her birthday. She's 33. I may not mention her age in our interview. Uh uh, former WWE diva Eva Marie, she's 34. And my wonderful friend, my Chickasaw friend from Oklahoma, one of the great uh, athletes ever to come out of our state, Hall of Famer on more than several fronts, Jerry Briscoe is 72 on Wednesday as we record this. Jerry will never get the, the props that he's probably due for the great work that he has done in recruiting uh, athletes, and maybe more importantly, in my view, is the uh, foundation he's laid within the amateur wrestling world, and and MMA to some degree too, no doubt, uh, and their relationship with that amateur wrestling world who used to despise pro wrestling, and how now they covet uh, having the opportunity to affiliate with the WWE. Jerry Jerry was the Jerry was a key guy in, in getting Brock Lesnar in this company. So uh, I, he was always having my back. He never had to worry about where he stood. His word is gold. I love Jerry. I love Jerry a lot. Happy birthday, big boy. On Thursday this week, Adam Rose is 39. I just stay there, Adam. How are you? Wrestlers don't need to get 40. Just lie. Lie about your age. The late Bob Wharton Sr.'s eight would have been 89. I went to a wrestling match in Fort Worth one time when we were down there doing some construction work uh, when I was going to college. 
working for Yathi Iron and Metal in Muskogee. And we're down there getting airplane parts uh, of salvageable uh, parts, metal and things. So we went to the wrestling matches, and they had a big loser-leave town match that night. And we got there early. You know, four of us, like the like the Clampets, you know, just going to – we got away from the cement pond for a while and went over to the uh, wrestling, wrestling. And so I remember the match was at Bob Wharton in it. He may have been re- wearing a mask. I'm not sure. I remember he was in it because – he lost the loser leave town match. And as we were leaving uh, to go to our car, we saw him in the back area getting into a vehicle that had a U-Haul trailer attached to it. So somehow, some way, he had a premonition that he might not get his hand raised that night. Good night. Fun night at the wrestling matches. You know, 50-cent beer, and we had, we had, a, we had a blast. Uh, former Tough Nut contestant and uh, uh, Lucha Underground's Ivelisse Velez. She's one of my all-time favorites. I think she's a, an untapped jewel. She's tough. She's physical. She's sexy. She knows how to work. She can work with any skill level and be good. Ivelisse, a keeper. Uh, Ricky Morton, one half the uh, Rock and Roll Express, Hall of Famer, 62 years old, still wrestling, and uh, one of the great baby faces of all time. And nobody could sell and tell a story with their face and their body English better than Ricky Morton. He and Steamboat, Ricky Steamboat, were in a league of their own. And the guys today would just simply look and see how they sell. And they sell in levels. They sell in degrees. They might get this selling thing down a little bit better. I think, I might be wrong, I think too many young wrestlers believe that selling is a sign of weakness in their character. Somebody said, I wouldn't mind doing it, but my character wouldn't do it. And also on Friday, uh, the late Jack Brusco would have been 77. I can tell you this conclusively, at least in my mind's eye. In the history of pro wrestling, no amateur that was a great amateur, and Jack was a great amateur, he was a national champion at Oklahoma State, became a better pro than Jack Brusco. From the amateurs, and going, transitioning into the pros, he was the best. And uh, I just uh, have so much respect for him. I did a – one of my highlights of my uh, refereeing career was in uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. And I uh, refereed a 16-minute draw between Danny Hodge, Oklahoma University, and Jack Briscoe, Oklahoma State. And they had fun in that match. And it wasn't all uh, – wasn't a ballet. It was really good wrestling. And uh, so two very special athletes in my life. I'm glad I got to do that. So I sure wish Jack was still around. God dang, what a guy. He's a man's man, boy. Uh, on Saturday, Bob Sapp will be 44. Luther Reigns, 47. And the lovely, congenial Ole Anderson will be 76. I wish Ole many more birthdays. He's been dealt kind of a bad hand with the MS. And... Uh, He's still got that spirit, man. He's a he's a classic. Ole Anderson, 76 on Saturday. Happy birthday, Ole. I mean it. On Sunday, Matt Hardy will be 44. And by the way, on the next day, he'll also still be 44. And that's neither here nor there. Uh, so Matt's 44. They say he's going to become a WWE producer, helping lay out matches and produce matches and things of that nature. Should do a hell of a job there. He's being added to the coaching staff, or so we are led to believe. If so, it's a good move. Both of the former WWE tag team of the Heartthrobs 
were born on this day. Antonio, 42. It's on Sunday. And Romeo, 38. And by the way, Romeo was uh, once a WWE live event intern. You never, you never know where it's going to go, right? He was also uh, Yankees manager Joe Girardi's personal trainer while Joe was with the Yankees. And now he is a nationally acclaimed physical trainer and also a TV and film actor. Good career. And he's got a podcast now, and I'm going to try to be a guest on it sooner than later. And, of course, the, the god of Mexican wrestling, Mexico's El Santo, would have turned 101 years old on Sunday. He's still a god, 101 years old. And that's, he, let's just say El Santo was over. On Monday, Harvard U grad uh, Chris Nowinski would be 40. I remember when we signed him. I thought he had a, such a great upside. Good-looking kid, articulate, so smart. And, uh, you know, a lineman at Harvard, played football at Harvard. I think it was a D lineman. And he's a big pioneer now in sports concussion research at Boston University. And uh, I saw a picture of him online the other day. He married well. How a boy, Chris. Proud of you, buddy. And then, uh, speaking of Boston University, happy birthday to one of their esteemed alumni, and I'm not just talking about Raphael Morphy. I'm talking about Stephanie McMahon, who will be a very young 42 on Monday. So uh, happy birthday to her in advance. And finally, on Tuesday, Acha Kong will be 48. Great uh, uh, Japanese female wrestler, physical, uh, really spectacular, believable. When you saw her wrestle a time or two, you didn't forget it. She didn't just do spots. She wrestled and wrestled with aggression and passion. And uh, Jimmy Garvin, old Jimmy Jam, Michael Hayes' former partner, good dude. Airline, he's a he's an airline pilot now. Uh, he does a lot of nice things for Headlock on Hunger as well. Uh, Jimmy and his wife Patty are one of the my favorite couples in wrestling. Uh, and Jimmy Garvin's birthday is on Tuesday. And remember, kids, happy birthday to all of you. And I've got the cake. You've got mail. Hope you guys enjoyed the program today. We are in enjoying bringing it to you and thank you very much for subscribing uh to our podcast on apple podcast google podcast wherever you get your damn podcast right we're everywhere we're ubiquitous we are the only slobber knocker audio in the world so we thank you for uh, subscribing for free by the way and leaving a five-star rating and a couple of nice comments or, or whatever kind of comments you want to leave just be honest but if you put me over your Certainly might get recognized because that's what we do in the egocentric world of pro wrestling. Put me over, brother. Uh, the mailbag. And by the way, uh, somebody asked the other day about the, that they had just been wanting to read Slobberknocker and et cetera, et cetera. Couldn't find it at Barnes & Noble. Some other places are out of them. Uh, uh, I, I can tell you that Amazon.com has books, and they'll get them to you in a matter of hours, realistically. So uh, Amazon.com is where you want to hang your hat on that deal. The mailbag, ladies and gents. You know the Hardy Boys' dad was a mail carrier in North Carolina? Rural mail carrier. Yes, sir. Salt of the earth. From Kevin in Albany, New York. What are your thoughts on Elias? Well, I, I, I didn't like Elias' pers- persona in the beginning because the guitar threw me off. But then I saw that the guy's a damn good guitarist. So I'm kind of entertained by his guitar playing. I thought this week on TV, 
uh, the little bit with Elias was uh, uh, his guitar playing was exceptional. I just haven't seen enough of him in serious matches to to make an assessment on how good he can be. He seems as if, from a personality standpoint, from a natural charisma standpoint, he's got a good athletic body. There should be any reasons that he's not going to be successful unless he's always perceived as a first guitar player and a wrestler second. That would bite him in the ass. But I, I, I dig his game. It's getting, he's getting his presentation now, and you can tell he's making that character his own, and you can also tell that uh, he cares about being good. Always nice. Eric in uh, Southington, Connecticut. Uh, Eric is a devoted listener, he says, and he's a uh, been watching wrestling for 30 years. I'm a police officer in Connecticut, and your show helps me get through my shifts. You've got a two-parter here. Okay, I'll be careful. He wants to know that all the WrestleManias that have been held, do you have a Mount Rushmore of your top five favorite matches uh, on the grandest stage of them all? That's a hell of a loaded question. First of all, there are too many great ones to name five. I can tell you that I, I, I was thinking about this so driving my old black Escalade up here from Norman today to the Cat in Oklahoma City. I thought of, uh, uh, you got to think, I think in WrestleMania terms, you got to think of Andre and Hogan at three. Savage and Steamboat on that card was also really, really good. Really good. Uh, in more modern times, maybe, or somewhat modern, I guess, I guess that's your perspective, I thought that the uh, Bret Hart and Steve Austin match at WrestleMania 13 was a classic. Guys that are in the wrestling business now, they may not, their ego may not allow them to uh, invest their time in watching Austin and Bret from WrestleMania 13. But you should, because it's a great story of psychology and uh, execution. Two big things that, that oftentimes are missing more than they should be today. So Brett and Austin be one. Undertaker and Shawn Michaels, definitely. Uh, I think 25 might have been my favorite one. Uh, but the, both their WrestleMania matches are excellent, more than excellent, quite frankly. I mean, they stand out to me. Austin and Rock had three one-on-one main event matches at WrestleMania's. That's going to go on my list without question. I thought that the TLC match uh, involving uh, the Hardys, Edge and Christian, and those damn Dudleys uh, was uh, amazing. Uh, so, you know, there's just too many to name. And I kind of – sometimes I feel like I'm disrespecting the guys I leave out, and that's not a good feeling. And uh, you ask uh, the uh, police officer in Connecticut, Mr. Eric, says, uh, is there – one match that has not happened at WrestleMania with today's talent that you would like to see headline WrestleMania. Well, I'd like to see Lesnar and Strowman have a match. Not a run-in deal, not a gimmick thing, a match. Because I'm intrigued by size, movement, athleticism, and physicality. That pairing should give us that. I don't need a lot of distractions or... uh, you know, uh, slide of hand things. I'd like to see Lesnar and Strowman have a slobber knocker. From Adam in El Paso, has Mark Cuban expressed any interest in uh, at all in pulling a Ted Turner? What, growing bison? Marrying Jane Fonda? No. And creating without serious competition and, cre- and creating serious competition in American pro wrestling. Well, look, uh, Adam, they're under in El Paso. Uh, I don't 
I don't converse with Mr. Cuban that often about his business strategies. I know that he's very happy with the, in the last two or three years, the ratings for uh, New Japan on Access TV has uh, grown immensely, immensely. Josh Barnett and I have a great time on that show on Friday nights. As a matter of fact, this Friday night, I think it's the, uh, in the, in the G1, the B group final, it's, uh, Kenny Omega and, uh, his buddy, uh, Kota Ibushi. So that'll be kind of cool this weekend. I remember calling it with Josh. Great match. Great match. And of course we're going to be calling the, I'll be working with Kevin Kelly on, uh, end of September on Sunday in Long Beach, five o'clock starting time for fans are coming. I think tickets are still available. It's not sold out. And then that show will be airing at a time that they're going to tell me about, I think it's a week later or something, maybe that next following Friday night, uh, on, uh, access TV. So, uh, but Mr. Cuban is, is a big backer of mine. Uh, he's been great to work for. Hope I can do that for a long time coming up many years to come, but, uh, he appreciates what we bring collectively our team at access TV, uh, to the dance. And we got a great team there. I'm looking forward to, Work with Kevin Kelly. Well, Josh is on assignment. Uh, he's got a fighter fighting in Japan, ironically. But he'll be back with us uh, the next day, actually, uh, doing some voiceovers. Uh, Alex Baldwin. Of course it is. It's not Alec. It's Alex. Uh, big fan of the show. Appreciate that. My question is, should WWE do away with gimmick pay-per-views? What he's referring to are Hell in a Cells, uh, uh, you know, Things TLCs. If there's a reason for it, uh, Alex, I don't think so. I don't think you deviate from those things. It's all attraction driven. If the if the right attraction's there, no matter the, the gimmicks, uh, then it works more often than not. So uh, I'm I'm a firm believer that uh, you, you give the audience what they seemingly want, what they want, and you get that determination by results, ratings income. So my answer would that would be probably no, Alex, on that one. Uh, Tom Bowles, uh, you mentioned last week's podcast, the potential for Fox or USA to request specific announced teams for their respective shows. Do you think this could potentially also be expanded to each network requesting specific in-ring talent on their show exclusively? I do not on the latter, no. I think Fox and USA would be much smarter to allow WWE to uh, construct the rosters to where they're at everybody's win-win mutual advantage. But I can see because networks do this. It's not unusual for networks to influence the broadcasters and who those broadcasters will be. Whether that happens in, in uh, for example, when SmackDown moves to Friday nights on Big Fox and next fall, uh, could that be the case? It could be. But it may be that Fox just says, look, you guys have been doing this for, for a long time. You're pretty damn good at it. You're a billion dollars good at it for us. So maybe you just tell us what you want us to, what you're presenting. But I think this, I think with Fox being a TV entity like they are, a lot of sports broadcasting, they know how the importance of a, their storytellers are, how important those guys are, and, and ladies. So uh, I don't know. It's it's an interesting question, but I I think at the end of the day, if I'm Fox, I'm saying, well, throw out your package. Let's see how it works. Like I said, WWE's been doing this a long time and doing it very very well. So, no on the talent roster, maybe on the 
uh, announce a roster. Tom, best answer I can give you because I don't know. I'm guessing. Uh, this guy, uh, Chris Counselor, low Slobberknocker. Thank you, sir. He listed it via Audible. Good deal. Uh, I was a wrestling fan uh, from Jersey in 83 and 84 when we started getting the Mid-South show. It was a whole new ball game for pro wrestling. Indeed it was, my friend. I would love to hear more Mid-South uh, UWF alumni and the stories from the territory, especially the big cowboy. And I will – he's talking about Cowboy Bill Watts, who I communicate with regularly, and I will get him back on the show. He loved to talk. Cowboy loved him some cowboy. So, Chris, I'll endeavor to get uh, more Mid-South representation on our podcast, no doubt about it. I love that era. It got me rolling. It put money in my bank account and uh, helped me through uh, my second divorce. <laughs> uh, but I love that, that era. You can't look back with remorse and regret. Oh, God almighty. That's baggage I don't need to pack in my wagon. But I can tell you this. Cowboy's the guy that if you got into a street fight, usually in a bar, more often than not in a gentleman's club, and the wrestler got his ass whipped by a local, the wrestler was fired. That's not wise tale. That's not BS. That's not hyperbole. It's fact. It's fact. I remember Butch Reed and uh, John Nord, the barbarian, getting a fight in Oklahoma City at the Marriott on a Sunday afternoon. They drove 100 miles to the nighttime show on part of the double in Tulsa for TV. Cowboy found out about the Butch Reed and John Nord had a fight. He wanted to know who won it. And they said, well, we, we, we kind of broke it up, which pissed him off, Cowboy off. Never let, don't ever do that, he said. They got to get out of their system. He just likes to see guys beat the hell out of each other. Even in a ring, he liked that. So he got them together. I was there. He got them together backstage. Let's, let's see. Go, let's finish it. Let's go. Finish it. Hell, their faces are bruised and all whelped up. And, you know, golly. They had been in real fights, and they had. The other, the other story is that Cowboy encouraged the guys to fight to finish their issue so it would not go back in the locker room and fester as an uncle fester you know what i'm saying and uh they did there's no more issues so uh but watch the unique character really unique dude he has a very unique uh, perspective on wrestling here's a dude that was three years in the business headlining madison square garden think about that as great as renee young is getting her promotion to money not raw because she's a female the cowboy in the biggest, most lucrative territory in the world was having a program, a wrestling rivalry with the greatest baby face that, that existed in that, in that land and Bruno San Martino. So Bill's got great stories to tell and he's, he's funnier than hell. So we'll get Bill on. Ladies and gentlemen, remember, if you would like to make suggestions like Chris Counselor or you'd like to uh, make comments of any kind, email us. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. Producer Ted loves reading these emails. He gets off on it. It's a little weird, but nonetheless, we let him do his thing. The Jim Ross Report at gmail.com. And that is the mailbag. Well, I got to wish my guest happy birthday because uh, <laughs> just one of the busiest women in all of television and broadcasting. Uh, Renee Young is joining us from Las Vegas. How'd she get there on a plane, folks? She's all over the place. She, she is ubiquitous. First of all, happy birthday, and thank you so much for joining us. 
Thank you so much. I mean, I'm always happy to be able to hop on the phone with you, Jr. And uh, yeah, it's my birthday, so thank you. It's a great, uh, great day. It's, you know, it falls nicely that you're actually going to be home on your birthday. I know that never happens. See, I'm very excited that I'm actually home on a Wednesday and get to do as hopefully little as possible for my birthday. That's kind of my plan. <laughs> yeah, I I dig that lifestyle. I practice <laughs> that daily. <laughs> uh, I try to too. You know, to be home on your birthday is a, is a rarity in the wrestling business, uh, in show business in general. Uh, and, and just wait till you have your, have you had your first event in Toronto yet? First Raw? Uh, no, I haven't. No, cause we Uh-oh. were actually just in Toronto just a few weeks ago. And it was right after I had, um, that I had subbed in for coach for the first time. And then we were in Toronto right after that. So no, I didn't get to call Raw in Toronto yet. That'll be fun. And you just have to hold your breath about the creative. Oh, well, should God. we do should we do an angle with Renee? You know, it's her hometown. <laughs> <laughs> I'll get smashed with a cake or something. I feel yeah, like something yeah. bad can only happen to me on a day like that. I'd have to like keep it under wraps for as long as possible. Hope that nobody yeah. notices. Exactly. Exactly. Well, listen, <laughs> uh, I really uh, am proud of your success. I'm proud of the fact that uh, WWE is looking outside the box and uh, and not following the status quo. Uh, and so I'm really proud of you, but I remember when you first came aboard and I don't know where we were, but you and I were talking about, I thought you had a great upside, but I thought quite frankly, and I think I told you this, I thought your great upside at that time, based on the role you were in would be elsewhere with another yeah. company. You, re- you remember having that conversation? I do remember that. Yeah. You know what? I've actually had that conversation more than once. Um, in my in my duration, my time with WWE, um, and uh, yeah, you know it's interesting because I think like some of my my skills and my assets can be um, used in other roles as well. But it's it's such a finicky thing. I mean, can be used in so many different roles, and that's kind of been what's happened to me throughout my career with WWE alone, let alone what I've done outside of WWE. But yeah, it's, I'm just trying to roll with the punches and try to land in the right spot and sort of navigate my career in the best way that I can. And when stuff falls in your lap and ideas come up and things kind of change, I just sort of roll with things in the best way that I can and keep my head above water and keep looking out for what the next best move is for me. You have to always remember the fine line between what do I really emotionally invest in and more than likely that's not pro wrestling creative. <laughs> what, what I want to invest in is my look, my delivery, uh, my and more most importantly my product knowledge. You worked in a three man team before. I know in, in Canada uh, with Ar- um, was Arda, Arda there. And so I, when I was working with Arda, I was hosting a show. I was working for Score at that time, um, and I was working with Arda. I was working with Mauro Ronaldo, um, and sometimes I was working with this other guy, Cam Stewart. Um, but that was just, that was more in like a TV host sort of way. But as far as doing um, any kind of commentary, my only experience prior to what I'm doing right now was um, working down at NXT. And I was doing three-man booths there. Um, I was working a lot of times with Tom Phillips, with William Regal. Um, yeah, we it, it was sort of like a, a little bit of an interchangeable group of trying to figure out what we want to do for commentary, get some reps in for everybody, try to find what, what gelled and what was sticking. And that was definitely like a huge learning curve for me. I had no idea uh, what I was doing commentary-wise. Not that I have 
a firm grasp on that now. I'm still really trying to figure things out, but where I'm at with WWE now, I'm just so much more comfortable about talking about the product. I know all the guys and girls on such a, a personal friendship level, so that's definitely something that I'll be looking to lean on. But when I was doing it before uh, down at NXT, I was so, so, so green. I had just set my foot in WWE pretty much and tried to fit into that role and oof, was just kind of trying to make it work. It's not an easy gig, quite frankly, in the, the, especially in a three man situation, you know, Cole, uh, does a phenomenal job with the, especially with the amount of, uh, responsibility that he has the amount of work on his plate. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's, he's ubiquitous. And quite frankly, I love Michael and I help bring Michael in the, around and we work together and, and I have the utmost respect for him and his family, but I'm telling you, he's. Some other people got to start stepping up because he's damn near overexposed. Uh, I was watching the uh, May Young, Michael Cole. Mm-hmm. I was watching a, uh, uh, Hell in a Cell, Michael Cole, Raw. My, so I'm just saying, he's a resource too. And the one thing everybody's, I said this about my show here last week, I think it was, or week before, that Corey Graves has to be leery of overexposure. He's right. like five hours of primetime TV a week. That's a ton of television. Oh my gosh. I know. It's like his. Poor brain must be so racked with so much information. I mean, but I think for for Cole and Graves and being able to sit next to them and watching their method of preparation, how they get ready for stuff, it's like for for Graves, it's such a a natural element for him to be in. It just comes so naturally for him. And I mean, for Michael Cole, what 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 an unsung hero of yeah. what he does. I mean, like you said, he is so good. He's got such a knack for it. It truly is like second nature i sitting next to him and watching how he gets through uh, a monday night raw to be doing a pay-per-view me doing hell himself my first time ever calling a pay-per-view um but he's amazing at what he does and he's so seamless he's so smooth it's amazing to sit and watch him work you uh you haven't acquired his penmanship have you (laughs) no it's so tiny it's ridiculous (laughs) what is that oh that'd be a great outtake for a promo it's so tiny. That's ridiculous. <laughs> what is that? Uh, what he's is al- that? He's always had that little minute font, you know, uh, in his hand, and he write, and he handwrites most of that stuff. So I, know. I, I enjoyed working with him. I I enjoy hearing his work as well. Yeah, he's he's really great. He's been so great for me to lean on um, as a resource as I'm trying to find my own footing on the on the commentary table. Um, because yeah, I mean, he's been there for so long. Like you said, I mean, we've seen different, different versions of Michael Cole. I was actually texting him the other day. I was preparing for Hell in a Cell and, uh, I was watching the, uh, Undertaker Shawn Michaels match. Uh, <laughs> they went through a backstage of Cole and I was just dying looking at him doing like a backstage interview. Sweet little young Michael Cole. Was that when he had his, uh, his, his, uh, blonde tips in his hair? He had like some some funny little mustache. Yeah, his yeah. hair was a little bit spiked up. It was a it was a real look he was serving up. He was he was yeah he was working on a look there, no doubt about it. <laughs> uh, and and by the way, that one that may have been the best Hell in a Cell match that I've ever seen any talents work even to date. Uh, oh, Under, Undertaker and Shawn were scary good. Unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, to, I couldn't even imagine being there firsthand. Jeez. How did you, uh, how did I watch the show? I watched a bunch of television this weekend. Uh, and, uh, I really thought that you guys did a nice job. I don't think people understand 
how difficult it is to do ad lib, an unre- basically an unrehearsed uh, uh, extemporaneous physicality, and do it with some continuity that all three of you could get your points made, but not walk all over each other and not digress. Uh, it's it's hard, isn't it? It is incredibly hard, and yeah, I mean, this is my first. Time. I mean, I've only done raw. This is my fourth time doing raw. Uh, my very first time doing a pay-per-view. We were we only called three matches because there was just the three Raw matches. There was the Raw Tag Team Titles, the Raw Women's Championship, and uh, mm-hmm. and the the Hell in a Cell match. Um, so yeah, I mean, ju- just to try to wrap my head around what I was trying to do, trying to find my footing, trying to get in a groove as well, like not being at the uh, the announce booth the entire show. That we would step out there, go call our match, then go sit back and then get ready to go back out and call the main event and everything. Um, but yeah, it is, it is a whirlwind. It is definitely not an easy thing to do. And uh, I'm so green at it, but yeah, I'm just still like really trying to figure everything out, leaning on Graves, leaning on Cole. But um, yeah, it, it's, it's something. So I commend anybody that's been able to get in there and, you know, I mean, look at what everything that you've been able to do. It's not, not an easy gig. Not an easy gig, but boy, a fun one. I, I've never done anything in my life that I enjoyed more than live uh, wrestling uh, play-by-play. And I don't know that fun. you can call that anymore, you know, because I'm an old-school guy and, you know, just times past JR by blah, blah, blah. And I, I hear that all the time. I don't mind. What the hell? <laughs> Everybody's got an opinion. You know, I don't care. Uh, but the bottom line is it's just a, it's just a dawning thing that, that you can't stop improving on. There's no comfort zone. There's no room, no time to find your comfort zone, especially when you're working with three. You know, when Lawler and I worked together and uh, Paul Heyman, my great partners, they, they were they're yeah. better than me. They, they were better than me and made me better. But it, it's easier to gel with a chemistry thing with two than it is with three, in my opinion. See, I, I find like what my strengths are. So I had worked at two man booths when I was working with Tom Phillips and we were calling main event, we were doing that just for a little bit. And we were both um, fairly new at that point. So um, I just knew in both of those roles. Um, and I always felt like for what I bring to the table is like sort of like quirky, fun, quick responses to things um, as opposed to like the real heavy bulk of talking about, um, the intensity of matches, and that's something that I'm really trying to figure out now and find out how to do a better job with that. Because, um, yeah, it's, I'm so used I, to just getting to have, like, the fun outlook and, like, I've got the scoop of talking to the superstars throughout the day and I've interviewed them here and there. So when I can add that little bit of flavor, that's my strong suit. But when it comes to actually calling, like, the terrifying action that's happening in a Hell in a Cell match, that's where I'm, I'm trying to sit back and listen a little more and figure out how my voice fits into that equation. And you will, and you will. It's just, it's just repetition, repetition, I should say repetition and over and over and, and, and yeah. it'll get there because you've got the natural timing. You, you're a very intelligent young woman and you. You, you, you realize Renee that this, this could lead to, to even if you became the do you have the goal to be a the first uh, play-by-play female on the in the company? Is that is that a, is that in your on your radar someplace? So it it hasn't been something that's like actually popped up for me. Um, you know, I, when I started revisiting, wanting to get back into doing commentary because after I did the first time, I was like, oh gosh, I don't know if that's for me. I don't know if that's something I want to do. Um, and then over the last 
I would say for the last year, it's really been something I'm like, you know what, I really want to revisit that. I think it's something that I would like to learn how to get good at that and put in the time, put in the effort to figure out how to how to be the best at that. Um, but it's, it has been a question that I feel like has come up a little bit, like just from like media and stuff I've been doing about doing play-by-play. And I don't know, it's, it's not something that I really thought that I would want to do before, but I do think from doing like the panels and the kickoff shows and everything that I had been doing before, um, that's more of a strong suit for me of being sort of the first, um, kind of leading the show, being the nuts and bolts. That's what I have been mm. doing for so long. So it's a, I'm in this like little bit of a pivot transition mode of doing more of the color and being more of the personality. But yeah, I mean, play by play is something that like, I don't know, maybe, maybe in the next, six months or something. I don't know how long. I mean, maybe it'll be six years <laughs> of uh, starting to pick up some of that role from Cole. I mean, if it's something that we can kind of divide during the match sometimes, I mean, even when she's calling graphics to getting us into B-roll to doing, mm-hmm. to doing that kind of heavy lifting, that that's definitely something that I think I, I would be interested in eventually getting to, but I'm just in learning my brain as a sponge mode. So, Anything I can do to improve and, and learn from, I'm, I'm all ears. Yeah, and you're smart enough to always relax and be yourself because they didn't hire an, an imposter. They hired Renee Young uh, on this very important gig because the uh, setting at that table on Monday nights to me is still a, a special uh, thing. Uh, you know, oh, my gosh. I, I, I built my reputation there uh, by and large, you know, in all honesty. Yeah. And so I no, – it, uh, it means a lot. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a hell of a deal. So I just think that, you know, you were if you were able to, uh, you know, in a three man team, I'm doing the, the in Cole's role. Cole's as much as should be as much as a of a point guard than he is anything else, distributing mm-hmm. the ball to his partners, his teammates, in in the case of Corey and yourself. So that's yeah. what the that's what he does, and then but he's sometimes gets so excited like you know guess who that he forgets <laughs> somebody else out there you know so uh, i i just think that you could do that role because you're going to have the product knowledge which you keep gaining and yeah. you're used to being that point person yeah no it's true i i, I feel like anytime um opportunities come up or like different ideas come up with stuff with commentary it's like um i'm just sort of like rolling with the punches and trying to figure out what is going to be the best move for me. I mean, I just, I know that I want to be out there. I want to be doing this and I know how much work goes into it. And it's something that does take time. It's not going to be an overnight success of just being great at it. At least not for me, it won't be. Um, But yes, it's such an interesting, funny thing to be a part of, but it is such a, it's such a big honor and you, you have so many eyes on you and Monday Night Raw is such a gigantic flagship, show for so many people um so yeah to be a part of that is blowing my mind i'm just trying to uh take it all in stride yeah and enjoy it have fun doing it don't let it be drudgery don't that's the thing that people sometimes in our business such a good point that's a very very good point because it's not an easy not an easy gig and if you add more weight to your wagon it's just hard to pull and yeah. so unload that son of a bitch with as many negatives as you can, and you'll have a, you'll have a lot more easier managed baggage to handle, and you'll feel yep. better. You you know, I, 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 so I, go to every, I go to work at 
go to work every day, Renee, and just attack the damn thing. And I think you're just doing a terrific job. Now, let me ask this question. If, if uh, the powers that be came to you and said, we want you to do the play-by-play at Evolution, could you do it? I don't know. Gosh, I, I really don't know. I would be. Uh, I'm always up to a challenge, um, but I don't. I don't know. I would definitely give it give it a shot and, and try my best. Um, well, while we're get, talking about this whole women's evolution, it's like, dang, you might as well roll with it and try to make well, the most of everything. I don't think that I'm ready to do that at this point in time. Uh, but go. if it was something of uh, of talking. You know, picking picking your brain, picking Cole's brain, uh, talking to Vince to see what what kind of gels with what he wants from the product. Um, it, it's something that I would be uh, into eventually, maybe thinking about tackling. But right now, um, I'm trying to just get comfortable yeah, in the role I'm in right now. No, I'm with you. I'm with you. But you know, the the eventuality of that happening someday, as long as it, I can't believe that Evolution is going to be the first, or the only. Uh, all female pay per view WWE is going to produce. I can't believe that. Yeah, I, it's, I, I, I can't. Be, it's, it's going to be successful. It's artistically yeah. going to be good. The women's roster is devastating, devastatingly Crazy. good. It's insane. You know what? When I was calling uh, May Young Classic, I just couldn't believe. And these are there's there's girls there that that um, we're familiar with. There's girls that we're not familiar with. But everyone blew my mind about the, the work ethic, the creativity that came with what they were doing. Um, and it, that's just from this whole new upswing of other people coming through the ranks in WWE or throughout other promotions, uh, let alone look, looking at the depth that we have on Raw and SmackDown and NXT. It's so impressive to see what everyone's doing. The, the level of athleticism is like through the roof. You know, we have to remember as fans and as uh wrestling people or sports entertainment people, whatever we want to say that, uh, the May Young classic for, for, I would say the vast majority of these ladies is a dream come true because it represents hope, hope that I can make it in a man's world because it's not a man's world anymore. It's the, it's the sports entertainment world. And I, I said this, I said this before Renee, and I believe it'll happen hopefully before I, while I'm still here in this back nine of my life is that, a female match will headline WrestleMania. I hope that happens. Without I question. It, I, it will happen. Yep, it will happen. I think it will happen. I don't even think that we're that far off from it, to be honest. Um, what I will always remember going into Dallas for WrestleMania, and uh, I was doing the kickoff show, and to, uh, to be at Cowboy Stadium and see um, Becky Lynch, Charlotte, Sasha, Bailey, to see these women set up in these marquee matches, and it was their faces that were the draw outside of that stadium that gives me goosebumps to still think of. So, And that was a couple of years ago, and things have changed, and there's still always more happening. There's more women, and there's, uh, you know, I know a lot of people would love to see a women's tag division, uh, and we're starting to be able to have enough uh, women to do that, to have yeah. that depth and that roster of women to actually really start having their uh, their own division and their own pay-per-views. It's amazing. Yeah, I think it's a natural evolution, no pun intended. I think there'll be more of them. Uh, I'm as excited to watch uh, Evolution as I am uh, the big event coming to Australia and yes. back in Saudi, Saudi Arabia in November. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm yeah. more jacked about that. 
Okay, so let me ask you something. I'm going to be going down to uh, to Australia to call the Super Showdown. I have mm-hmm. to call an Undertaker Triple H match. How am I going to do justice to that? My mind is exploding that I get to be a part of something like that. Help a sister out, Jr. It's pretty incredible, quite frankly. Uh, this anybody calling it, not just a, a woman. I don't. I'm not there in my mind anymore. You know. Yeah. I lost my wife. Crazy. I lost my wife last year. I just my whole mind, my perception of companionship, uh, respecting women. I got two granddaughters, a sophomore and a seventh grader. Uh, you know, I and my kids are healthy and happy. I I had to reevaluate things. So I, I have a. I'm taking these days, every day is a blessing in my life at this stage of my mm-hmm. life anyway. But I would look at this thing as just a, a wonderful opportunity and a gift. And the gift is knowing that you're going to lay out much, much more than you would be talking. Yeah. But when you do talk, you're going to front load your, your sound bite with the meat, uh, with the gravy, the, 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 the big, the good stuff, the meat and potatoes is on the first part of your sentence because you may not have time to finish it. But at least right. you've given them the information you can to deliver. And a lot of color people, they bill, they tease, they die, and they can do this. And then finally they give you the payoff, and it's too late. So I was right. thinking that uh, front-loading your, your uh, sound bites, I would think to watch. Uh, there's been several, or several, I don't know if several is a good term, but there have been other Triple H, yeah. and, uh, and I'd watch those. Because yeah, oh, you watch, you, you, they're not going to change their pacing. They're not going to change their cadence. You know, uh, and they're just—they're just not. They're too good at what they do to start changing everything full sale. They're just going to tell a very psychologically driven uh, uh, match. What I would try to do is find out from from Triple H or whomever what is the main story that we're telling here. What is the yeah. under? What is the comedy nominators? Is it is going to be Undertaker to hurt his leg or Triple H going to hurt his arm? And they're going to underlying story that we bring mm-hmm. forward to keep bringing forward. They got to give you a little bit of background, but uh, right. y- you'll have a lot of fun. I'll tell you the other thing. Here's the other thing I would suggest. And a lot of guys, you're not the you're not the uh, in a class by yourself because I've done it a million times too, and I'm an old dude. And that is, you have to watch the monitor, listen listen intently to your 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 partners because they will stimulate thought and let you continue their thought with uh, underscoring it or embellishing it. So that's all good. Right. Same storytelling, continuity. And the other thing I would suggest is, uh, uh, you know, the the uh, false finishes are huge. It should be huge. And we we, mm-hmm. we BS ourselves sometimes with kind of disregard because we know it's not the finish. It's a false right. finish. And we don't sell them as such. So what I'm saying to you is is that a lot of, a lot of commentators do not pay attention and they talk right over an obvious coming a pending combination. A guy gives somebody a power bomb, and the color guy is, oh, my God, what impact. Could have broken his back. And he's still talking when the guy's going for the cover. And that, right. should, take pre- that should take precedent over everything. If you're going for the cover, you're going for the win. And we're looking for a win here. So little things like that, but just you're, you're going to get that. You're going to kill that, I promise you. That's very helpful. Thank you. It's nice to uh... – get another perspective on things that really uh made sense to me thank you well you're welcome hon Any, anytime and, <laughs> and also i also know that the honor of broadcasting uh, in a stadium environment is pretty spectacular but more importantly to me the honor of broadcasting two hall of fame guys 
that have contributed so much to the company that helps you and all of us make our livings in one form or another uh, is pretty damn incredible. That's what I would carry yeah. for that match. I'm yeah. here. So I, I, I can't believe it. Yeah. I, I can't wait to just sort of, I mean, as the stage is being set for everything going down in Australia, I'm so excited I get to be a part of it. Um, yeah, man. Even when I was ringside when Undertaker returned, that blew my mind to see him that close and be a part of, uh, of I never thought in a million years that I would get to be a part of that. So uh, I'm all eyes and ears for it. He is a, uh... This he is legitimately an icon, and so many superlatives yeah. are thrown around in wrestling. But whatever one you want to create for him is applicable. Yeah, no doubt about it. Hey, uh, I read online. I don't need this. Not the, the topic of the interview here. But I read online about right. that that your husband got a health scare. I guess a what a staph infection after his surgery. Yeah, yeah, he did. He ended up having to go back in and um, have another surgery on his arm. Uh, he tore his tricep. Um, and went in for surgery in December, um, and then, right? It, yeah, I remember him calling me New Year's Day. We had a show in Miami. We were all was in Miami, and um, his, his arm was bleeding everywhere. He woke up and there was blood all over the bed. And he was so confused by what happened, um, not being able to like fully get a look at what was going on with his arm. Um, and then, you know, kind of kept bandaging it up, trying to make it heal as quickly as possible to reseal this opening that happened in his arm. Um, so he eventually had to go back to Birmingham, uh, which is where he had a surgery initially, just for a check-in. And that's when they realized that um, his infection had uh, escalated a lot. They had to go back in, clean it out, um, put him. He's been he was on antibiotics for months. It was it was really scary. It's just knowing uh, the severity of staph infection of MRSA, it's it's really uh, it's an eye opener. It's really tough to see somebody that you love go through something like that, especially somebody like, like Dean, who's this indestructible force and to see him down and out with something like that is, uh, yeah, it was tough to go through. Uh, and, but go through it. You did. And he came back. I thought he looked like a different guy. Yeah. I mean, he looked, the hair, uh, was big to get that addressed. I think. Yes. Just yeah, that's, it needed to be addressed. That's a good way to put it, Jr. I yeah. agree. Well, I was, you know, I used to be a talent relations, so I had to learn to be uh, diplomatic at times. Because <laughs> <laughs> you may not know this, Renee, but a lot of wrestlers are insecure. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a lot no of re- way. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a revelation. I'm telling you, but it's true. It's very true. Uh, I know. But I, mean, I thought every he, performer is right. Hell yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Hey, I'll, how many how many little local news shows have you gone on, and everybody's worried about their look? Real quick, how, we got ten seconds, or you know, how do this always. Hair, always, no matter the size yeah. of the market, it's always the banner. <laughs> but I thought he looked great. Around. Yeah, yeah, he he came back where you could tell he had been devoting a lot of his time to getting oh, yeah. healthier, bigger, stronger, and the haircut helped. Uh, it's, to me, I just thought he had a, a different look. And to be quite honest about it, it may just be his facial expressions, which are pretty much priceless, that he he came off on his entrance back as a, what we would call in the old days, a character baby face, which is the next step from being a heel. But he's, right. not, a white, he's not a white meat baby face. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, I mean, 
just looking at the work that he put in to, to get back and to be healthy. And, you know, I'm with them almost every day when I'm not on the road. So it's like I could see the changes in his body. I could see all these different things happening. I actually shaved his head right after he had his surgery because he had always kind of wanted to just see what he would look like with his head shaved. So I was like, oh, well, you're not going to be on TV for a little while. Let's do it. We went to the backyard and uh, I shaved all of his hair. But as I like have the razor ready, of course, he's like, oh, I don't know if I should do this. And like, I'm already like a stroke into it. Too late. The hair is coming off. Um, but being uh, being there at ringside when he came out and re-debuted alongside Seth, again, I had seen him so much, but it was such a different perspective of me to see him back in this environment and like back on TV that it was such a it was a shocking thing to see just how different he actually looked in that situation. He he was just a- he went he went nuts, man! Like double workouts, eating more than he's ever eaten. Uh, I always kind of like point like I've always used the the reference that he works out like he's on his uh, prison lunch break. <laughs> uh, he he gets in there and does some serious heavy damage. Well, he's it's worked out for him. He's he it's been successful. I think he's got yeah. a great upside. I think there's a little bit of unpredictability like Terry Funk in him. Just a little bit of edgy, uh, not Brian Pillman-ish, but, uh, but yeah. Brian Pillman-ish in his unpredictability, yeah. which keeps me yeah, on my definitely. edge of my seat. Yeah. I know it's right there. And he is so, um, he's so, he's so good at what he does. And obviously, uh, you know, I'm a bit of a homer being able to see the work that he puts in, but he is a true encyclopedia of WWE. He's such a student of wrestling, of of any kind of pro wrestling, any kind of MMA. It is what he lives and breathes. So he's he's a good resource for me as well when I need to tap into some stuff. I'm like, yo, give me some information on this. He just knows it all. It's insane. He's, Here's the thing. His brain is my WWE network. There you go. And there's nothing. that's a blessing for you in many ways, yeah. I'm sure. But what the issue there is, Ask him from the boys' perspective what uh, this Undertaker Triple H match means uh, in in wrestler vernacular, and yeah. I would I would also have have you ask him, do you think that most of the talents will sell out the monitor to watch the match in uh, uh, Australia, and yeah. know what the answer is going to be? Because respect yeah. is one thing, but learning psychology, yep. you know, it's not the flying Walendas here. Can be. No, you, I, I think of um, being uh, being at WrestleMania when the streak was broken and everyone was gathered out around Gorilla and everybody was gathered around a monitor and just the silence that happened during that matchup uh, was unbelievable. I'll never forget that, what it was like to be a part of that. And you can use that feeling when you sit down in your chair in Melbourne. Yep. You remember what you felt like when that it's not something you would blatantly, it's not a w, the WWE way that you, you can't sell an events will tell you, you can't sell up, uh, you can't make a positive out of a negative or, yeah. or you can't, you can't do a double negative sale. Well, he's a little fat, but he is short. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, that ain't going to get you. not to get that in. <laughs> have you, uh, how do you enjoy, uh, this, it, cause I know Vince has, uh, has been over the years, I'm sure it's kind of not as quite as aggressive. Does do you enjoy his producing? How are you going to say no? I mean, how you? Know, I mean, I ask you a loaded question. There, I shouldn't even ask that question. But yeah, how's your experience on the headset with him? So it's again, it's so new. It's um, it's new waters for everybody. 
Um, and I think that's kind of what's happening now is um, figuring out how to how to best produce me, how to get me in a good spot. So for me to be able to to use Vince McMahon and to build that relationship and get on the same page, do the best job that I can possibly do to make him happy for how I'm treating his product. Um, yeah, it, but between him and Kevin Dunn, I've been dying to be able to be produced by them more because in my in the past, I really haven't had that much experience of being produced by them. I mean, with Kevin, I get counted in to, to interviews and stuff that I'm doing, and we have different conversations and stuff here and there, which has always been incredibly helpful. But now to be able to have more firsthand interactions with Vince, that's going to be, uh, it's invaluable. It's, it's amazing to be able to, to get that perspective from the man that is behind everything that we know and love with WWE. And he will, uh, look, we've all, all these guys that have sat there, uh, have their stories about, you know, Vince getting in their ear. Some guys couldn't handle it. Well, I handled it for yeah. years because I knew where he was coming from. And I, right. did I, I didn't always like it. I, one time yeah. I got so excited. I stamp, I slammed my pencil down and stuck in Cole's yeah. arm or hand or something. He'll tell you about that. <laughs> so, yeah, you that, know, it's, it's a thick skin that you get over time too. And I've been here for a little while now that, um, I, I understand how it goes much better. Now my first swing of trying to, to fit in doing panels, doing kickoff shows, uh, even when I, you know, doing backstage interviews of trying to, to do the right thing and, and perform in the way that is expected of me. I was definitely a little bit more sensitive about stuff then than I am now, where now I, I get the business of it. I understand that aspect and I, I can't, um, I can't have my feelings all caught up in that stuff. I mean, obviously they're going to be, it's an incredibly personal thing for me as well. But um, I know that at the end, we're all just trying to, uh, we're all trying to do the same thing and that's make the best show possible. You, you bet. No doubt about it. Well, you know, I feel badly sometimes for Vince and for Kevin, uh, not, not because of their bank accounts, but because <laughs> a lot of, a lot of misguided fans blame them for everything. Right. And I'll tell you that the WWE is uh, the brand that's pulling the wrestling business right now. It's making a lot of people that aren't even employed by WWE a good living because the wrestling business is perceived to be fashionable again and hot and trendy. Yep. The big contract for Fox, the big contract at NBC Universal, it's a whole different world. But, Bill, uh, if you compare it to in the NFL, Bob Kraft owns the New England Patriots. That's Vince. Mm -hmm. The guy that puts that, a lot of that team together was Bill Parcells at one time. That's Kevin. Right. You can bitch about them. You can knock them but they win and yeah. the stock, the stock and the money you're making, the money I've made still make, uh, all these things. I, yeah. I, owe my, I owe my whole future to Vince. I've everything I've got I'm, and I'm good. I'm whole, I'm whole for, for the rest of the run, but yeah. I want to Vince and to Kevin largely. And people are going to say, yeah. kissing ass again, but I'm just telling the truth. It's just a truth. No, no but it's true. It's, it's really true. And, you know, really for me, um, up until now, it really has always been going to Kevin for me, just on the stuff that I've needed help with and whatnot. But now in the role that I'm in, that's such a bigger role. And, uh, and I have that direct line of communication with Vince now. I can't wait to explore that more and understand more and learn more because, uh, I mean, it's all right there. And yeah, I, do, I have not been able to use it so much until this point and now i can really 
start to tap Absolutely. into that, and I can't wait to see what information I get and, um, yeah, where and, we end and, up. And how you process it. How yeah. you process the feedback he gives you, whether yeah. it be a little bit coarse or aggressive or not, okay. understand that every time he interacts with you, he's providing you information. You should retain yeah. that information for what – hey, I've, I've had so many great experiences with him where he's screaming at me to say something. I didn't say it. Then he'd come on the, during the commercial break, Jr. Yes, sir. Did you hear me tell you to say it? Yes, I did. He said, well, <laughs> well, God damn it, it was a good thing you didn't because it would have been wrong. You know, I said, I know it would have been wrong because you told me that before we went out. So anyway, it's, it's, always, it's an adventure, and I, I loved every minute of it, and uh, don't think I don't miss it. I can promise you that. But I want to yeah. thank you for taking time out on your birthday to, to talk with the yeah. old, old, old G like me. And uh, I'm so <laughs> proud of your. I'm so proud of where you are. It's, you're just touching. You're you're just tipping the iceberg. It's just going to be so much better because you are going to continue to dis- be so hell bent on getting better and understanding yeah. my role. Your role is probably. Can you do sound bites? Can you give me the woman's perspective? Can you give me another point of view? Can you give me something else viable to think about that's not eye rolling? If you and yeah. and, and, and please don't try to become a comedian. Exactly. If, it's, know, if something's fine. funny, say it. You know, yeah. and like Michigan, so it. Uh, but you know, that's just yeah. you're just a, you're a natural talent. I think you're going to be uh, when this year's over. They're going to say that was the best move WWE made on their broadcast uh, in a long time was adding Renee uh, to the Raw broadcast team. So I think you're going to just continue to do great. And if there's everything I can do to help you, young lady, I'm always around. So uh, well, I, I I appreciate that so so much. I mean, just hearing you say those words means the world to me. Um, and I, I can't wait to, to continue to uh, to make people proud or prove people wrong. <laughs> it'll be it'll be kind of both of those things as I as I um, get my footing and get a hold of everything. But it, it really means a lot for me to hear that coming from you. And uh, I definitely plan on tapping into you. So I, I got your number on my phone now. Don't expect expect me to uh, to be hitting you up every now and then. No worries, young lady. And whatever you do today, go have some cake. I will definitely be eating some carbs. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks, Renee. Thank you. Really appreciate you guys being with us here this week. We've had a fun show, a lot of information disseminated. Maybe I should practice what I preach about uh, wrestling promotions that give us information overload. So if you could retain some of this information today. And uh, it was fun. Enjoyed talking to Renee Young. And I'm sure we'll be talking to her again down the road. And uh, I, I'm fully supportive of her efforts. She's a real pro. And uh, remember, the five-star reviews that we asked for, we, our goal is to do 1,500 of them, 1,500 five-stars now by the end of the year. And uh, we need 186, 186. So we're working on it. And thanks to you guys for chipping away at our goal. Uh, and, you know, we appreciate everybody's feedback. Uh, Ebo V says, JR tells us, how it is, and that's why we love him. Thanks. Well, I ain't gonna bullshit you, Evo V. I'm not. I in in the spirit of bullshitting, I will some bullsteining. But I'm telling you, I'm not gonna lie to you. So sometimes our opinions aren't gonna jive. But we should be able to be adults and intelligent enough to agree to disagree. Because somebody has a different opinion than you, especially in politics and stuff. My God. Those guys should all go through car washes and wash off. El Paz says, Jim Ross is like a wise uncle. As a professional wrestling veteran, 
I value his opinion and down-to-earth analysis. Unlike other wrestling podcasts, he does not always agree with every viewpoint, but it does not demean those with other viewpoints. Bingo. That's my life right there. So you'll know. He says, not about the wrestling business. That's why I approach life. I got friends that don't like Oklahoma University, but they're my buddies. So how could you like somebody that didn't like OU? Because they're human. They got opinion. And I enjoy beating their ass every week in football that we can, more often than not. Uh, so uh, thanks, uh, La Paz. I'm, I'm your wise uncle. I appreciate it. I don't know how wise I am. Uncle, I'll take. And uh, he says we brighten his Wednesdays and puts a smile on his face. That's a pretty cool deal. Ray, the band director, he, checked, he checks in with his feedback. Started listening about six months ago. I am impressed with the interviews and how Jim looks at all wrestling companies. Boomer Sooner. Damn right, Boomer Sooner. And speaking of Boomer Sooner and Ray, the band director, how's this for a segue? I'm, ex- I'm excited about Saturday night's OU Army game. Uh, the networks aren't because it's on pay-per-view, for God's sakes. How stupid is that? What stupid. But we are excited in Norman and in the state of Oklahoma for uh, the, just the simple fact that the Black Knights from West Point are going to visit our campus, going to play our team. It's not going to be an easy out. Yeah, JR, he's, he's like Lou Holtz. He's, every week's a tragedy. All I'm saying is this. There's a lot of hype about that game. It's the first night game of the season for the Sooners. Uh, they run an option offense, which is very crucial. It's very uh, assignment-oriented as far as the defensive line and the linebackers and the secondary are concerned. Uh, the wishbone can kill you, or the options can kill you. if you're not. And we don't play that offense. Maybe this is it. So how do you practice against it? You don't see it very often. So I, I'm uh, thinking it should be a real interesting game. And I, it's one of those kind of games for the first half could be really dicey. So that might be a place for a prop bet and take Army and the points in the first half. Just say it. For fun. You know, you know what I'm saying. You know what I mean. You know what I'm saying? Uh, so that's what I'm going to be doing this weekend. Uh, but, but do uh, back to business here because I'm diverted. It happens in my life a lot right now. Uh, remember to subscribe for our show. It's big that you do on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or however you listen to your Slobberknocker audio. And again, that five-star rating is very important, as, as is the review. And I also want to encourage you to check out the Westwood One podcast app. All the great folks at Westwood One, still uh, buzzing about my trip to New York City, being a part of the Westwood One presentation to the advertisers that are up front. Big honor for me. And there's some wonderful podcasts here, folks, right down your alley at the Westwood One podcast app. Uh, for example, uh, uh, 83 Weeks with Eric Bischoff and Conrad Thompson. Connie, my boy. Connie's getting married. Connie's getting married. Uh, talk is Jericho. He'll talk to you about that cruise. He always has good guests on. Good guests. Uh, Chris does a good job a couple times a week on that show. Uh, Keeping it 100 with Conan. Good listen. Funny. A lot more uh, A lot more uh, smart strategy type discussion and philosophy discussion than some that have never heard that show would uh, would get. Keeping it real with Conan is a good show. Fun show. You know, I learn things when I listen to it. And it's entertaining. As is the Raven effect. Scotty Levy is a uh, he's a unique unique cat. And you look at Googling. Look at his picture these days. That ain't, that ain't a picture of a unique cat. There ain't no such thing. But he's also got an IQ like 300 or something. So it's good stuff. 
a lot more than just those dudes. Uh, Search Westwood One Podcast in the app and Google Play Stores today. You will not regret it. It's free, by the way, so you don't invest any cash in it. Uh, Remember, I'd like for you to follow me on Twitter at JRSBBQ, if you don't mind. That's nice, and we appreciate it. And uh, thanks to Sean Cradle in Baltimore. Uh, You can find us on Facebook at Jim Ross BBQ. I do post some things and and uh, as such, but Sean manages my Facebook at Jim Ross BBQ, which is the same handle for Instagram. So uh, check all that out. We appreciate that. Uh, again, I had a really fun time here today with uh, with Renee, talking to Renee about her career, her marriage, uh, the challenges that are awaiting her, and how excited she is to apparently be broadcasting the historic Undertaker Triple H match uh, coming up uh, in Australia. It's going to be something special. So uh, good for her. I'm happy for her. She has so much passion and and true caring about her job and her voice. Good lady. So uh, we'll have back next week. We'll have another guest with us. Uh, I'm working on a couple of things. I'd like to be able to tell you right now who they are, but until they confirm with me, or as I would say, until they answer their damn phone or return a message, I can't tell you. So it's not a it's not a uh, it's not a uh, midnight rider thing. It's actually I want to interview myself with another voice. I could be Hugh. I could be. No, I could be uh, Stu. Because uh, you know Stu Hart had all those children, and uh, he didn't associate with that women's wrestling because some of them were whores. Easy, Stu. Easy now. Or Ernie Ladd, you know, who we all know, ladies and gentlemen. I wear a size 17 shoe. My feet cover the grounds I walks on. And, of course, uh, I, I got to figure out a way to get Terry Funk back on the show because he is a crazy, middle-aged and crazy son of a— Ross, you fat bastard. If I were there right now, I'd just slap the shit out. I would slap your face. I would brand your ass. And then I'd call my brother Dory and tell him what I did. Hey, uh, folks, I think I'm losing it. So that's a good time for me to tag out and give somebody else the hot tag. Uh, so we do thank you for being with us very much. I'm very sincere about that. And I uh, hope you'll come back next week. Another special guest next week. We'll, uh, I think we we're not going to disappoint you. And uh, it's going to be a good week. So for everybody at uh, Westwood One, for our staff here at the Cat, for my caterers, my drivers. My, no kidding. Kidding. Ain't no catering. Ain't no driver. Just me. I like it that way. Uh, I'm good old J.R. Jim Ross saying thanks for being with us. Remember, our tomorrows are never guaranteed. Do nice things for people. Do nice things that you're not planning on doing. Just have that outlook. I promise you, at the end of the day, when you get a chance to reflect, you're going to feel so much better about yourself. It just makes sense. If you're, if you're, if you're a piece of doo-doo, you'll never be able to feel good about yourself. So stop doing it. Right. So, uh, again, thanks for being with us. Uh, time for me to roll south to Norman. Football weekend. Can't wait. Rain or shine, I'll be at the game. God bless uh, you guys. Uh, our thoughts and prayers back to the folks in uh, Virginia, North Carolina. Be strong. Donate, folks, when you can. We, uh, they will pre- Everybody needs it. Anything will help. Uh, Redcross.org is the address. And check that out. Easy to do. There's even Texas you can do it. Donate 10 bucks. So help them out when you can. 
We all are. We all should. So until then, folks, uh, I'm going to JR saying uh, so long, everybody. Westwood One Podcast Network. Talk is Jericho with Chris Jericho. Journey guitar player Neil Sean. When you get into position with a while, it's like all of a sudden the faster picking and stuff you're trying to do without it, it comes out. And so I discovered that and that became my sound. Talk is Jericho. Download and subscribe at Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and the Westwood One Podcast app. Free from the Westwood One Podcast Network. John brings his skewed sense of humor. Jeff brings tips to cut strokes off your next round. Together, it's those weekend golf guys. They'll pay a lot of money to PXG and Titleist and Callaway and on and on and on. How many yards do you think you're going to pick up with that extra? I think I can get an extra 5 to 10. What if I give you 15 to 20? <laughs> you pay me more. Jeff Smith right? teaches on the sliding scale. <laughs> those weekend golf guys, the podcast, part of the Believe Network. Just search B-L-E-A-V on YouTube or wherever you listen.